Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson, joined by my co-host, Austin Hill. Today, Austin is interviewing a friend of both of ours. His name is Devin Abden, and this is something we've done on the podcast a couple times, but Austin um, is interviewing Devin. Devin was a an alumni, is an alumni of the Refuge in Columbus, and the Refuge is a 24-7 residential recovery ministry and what, what the refuge does is we, we walk alongside men who have been battling unwanted um, behaviors, specifically um, what we call addiction, um, heroin, um, alcohol, methamphetamines, other substances that just can't get out of. And Devin is, is someone who went through the refuge and has been an alumni for several years now and is really thriving. And so we wanted to uh, circle back and, and touch base with him and just hear some of his story. And so that's what Austin's going to be talking uh, with him about. And I hope that it's encouraging to you. All right. So today we're, we're going to be talking with Devin Abden. He is a alumni of the Refuge, uh, but more importantly, is a very dear friend to me. Um, I'm real excited to talk to Devin and just hear how he uh, got to where he is today. and. Um, yeah, I'm I'm very excited for you guys to get to know him more. He's probably one of my one of my better friends. So, Devin, thanks for being here today, bud. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, awesome. uh, so an honor. Yeah, <laughs> good. So, um, tell me about how. Um, tell me your story, starting at the beginning. What was it like being Devin when you were younger? And uh, you can talk all the way through until until you and I met. So how did it wow. start? Um, let's see. I was born and raised for most of my younger life uh, in Pinellas County, Florida. Um, my so father, you're from Florida. I'm from Florida. Uh-huh. Um, I may end up back in Florida, but that's a long way <laughs> away in the story here. Um, uh-huh. I, my father, my father left, uh, probably right after I was born. Um, and my mom met my stepfather, uh, not too much longer after, I think I was probably two or three years old. Um, so they got married. Uh, I had my little brother and sister, uh, and then they divorced. Uh, they weren't married for too long. Um, relationships with my mom were were always something that was challenging. So after, after my stepdad, she uh, took out with another guy. Uh, this guy was um, a little on the crazy side, just uh, <laughs> just abusing and like physically abusing her. And uh, yeah. Hmm. So most How of my, old are you? Uh, when she got with him, I was in ninth grade. So I had just started high school. Um, and I would say I was probably however old you are when you start high school. Yeah, like 15. Like yeah. 15. Yeah. 14, 15. Yeah. And throughout all of those like relationships and stuff, um, there was a lot of like moving and uh, my mom struggled to, to be a single mom and, and stay financially stable without the male in her life to kind of lead and, and help her with like the bills and uh, really just the bills. So, yeah, it was a lot of like living out of boxes and suitcases and garbage bags and mm-hmm. moving between uh, moving between Florida and Indiana, where my mom's uh, 
father lived um, and my grandma lived for a time. So we were pretty close to my grandma because she's like the glue that's always held everything together in our family. Like when everything would fall apart and my mom would leave the guy she was with, we would just put all our stuff in bags or boxes and uh, just just move and then come back. And so a lot of like moving and moving out of bags and it's like a lot of like chaos. Uh, never really, never really situated in any, uh, any one place. So yeah. my mom had gone through a lot of physical, mental abuse and yeah, she really just struggled to, to hold it all together. And I yeah. know that me and my little brother and sister were all individual handfuls. So she, she was definitely, definitely overloaded. Um, yeah. So yeah, and through all that, none of those males, I, I connected with my stepfather pretty well. Um, I kind of look at him as, as my real dad nowadays. Um, we talk every so often, but when he and my mom split up, I only saw him uh, every other weekend and then two weeks out of the summer for like that the custody deal. So yeah, although there was a relationship there and I know he cared a lot and took me in as his own, there wasn't that consistent sort of male role model um, yeah and the male role models i did have were uh, didn't quite care about me so i kind of just mm. especially when i got to middle school and high school um i started to realize that if i just change who i am and pretend to be like the people that i want to hang out with i can make more friends that way at least for a little bit so i started to kind of just like turn into the people i wanted to be around even though yeah. that wasn't really me. Like, I could never skateboard, but I was a skateboarder. Um, I could never play music, but I tried. So it was always like this like poser type thing. That was the word. I did not, yeah. I did not know you you skated. That's pretty cool. I could ride it. I think that was about <laughs> it. I could I could ride it really well to make it look like I could do tricks, but I couldn't do anything. So, so you were you were a skater kid in Florida. Yeah, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. I was whatever kid. Uh, my friends were really so yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> it's pretty pretty bad. <laughs> so did you enjoy did you enjoy high school? I want to say I did. I did pretty well in school. I enjoy learning and like I enjoy curriculum and and things like that. I think I got a knack for for learning. But I, I, I agree uh, with that. You are really quick. Yeah, but I I think I tried too hard in high school as far as like socially. So. I like to think I enjoyed it, but that's where kind of like, you know, things started taking off with, with drugs and alcohol and just you, those were other ways that I could fit in with people and mm-hmm. like buying those things for people would get me to parties that I wouldn't otherwise be invited to. And mm-hmm. so that's where kind of turning into someone that I wasn't really, uh, really took root there in, in ninth and, and all throughout high school. So yeah, by the time I, uh, so I barely graduated, I think it was probably six months left in my senior year and we had moved back to Indiana. And so, um, two totally different, like graduation requirements as far as like yeah. Florida and Indiana, but they, they let me graduate. So I still graduated with the high school diploma. Um, and so right after high school, I, uh, I joined the army. I just said, screw it. Maybe this will work. I can get away, you know, maybe this might be the ticket. Uh, so I joined the, went back to Florida and joined the Florida Army National Guard. And I signed a six-year contract 
uh, as an all-wheeled mechanic and went to basic training in South Carolina, did advanced individual training after that in South Carolina, um, came back to Florida, and the base was in Tampa. And so within maybe six months of being back from, from training, um, we got deployed overseas. So we went overseas uh, to Kuwait and Iraq, and I had, I had somehow graduated through the Army, did really well. And then when we went overseas, I started to uh, – there were some other guys around who weren't doing well either, so I just gravitated towards them. And we figured out, like, we got drug tested all the time, but this was when, like, Spice really came out, you know? And so mm-hmm. we, we could get a bunch of Spice overseas and – um, so we were just, it was bad. It was all bad. We were yeah. just literally smoking spice in the middle of a deployment. So, um, my buddy got I- caught actually. He got caught. Yeah. Hmm. So not the ideal situation, um, for what you were hoping for, or were you, were you looking for that in the same way? Like was acceptance, the was acceptance, the, the need that you were looking for? I think acceptance was definitely a big thing looking back on it now. And another thing that's really stood out to me is just like that, the direction that I thought it could provide me. I mean, it did provide me some direction and, you know, I've, I like to believe I've kept some base values from my time in the army, um, as far Mm -hmm. as like integrity and accountability and things like that. But, um, yeah, I think acceptance and direction, uh, was what I was looking for in the army. Hmm. No. Yeah. So you were you were overseas in Iraq and Kuwait. How long were you overseas? We were there for like thirteen months. So uh, we were there for thirteen months. You do about thirty days before you go uh, doing what's called mobilization, and then thirty days right after you land back in the states for demobilization, um, just to go through like tests and debriefs and. Um, just kind of decompressed from from being over there so we were over there for about 13 months um and yet during that time i never managed to get caught my buddy did though uh they searched his locker and he was the one that had all our stuff so of course he uh he he got uh he got in trouble got demoted and they didn't send him home they made him uh stay at the the headquarter building and just pick up rocks all day every day until we left he was literally oh, man picking up rocks and putting them in a bucket in the middle of the desert. Um, I think I only saw them at chow time, but, Oh man. Um, yeah. So I skated through, um, when I came home, uh, when you're overseas, you make, uh, you make pretty good money. You make combat pay. Um, mm-hmm. it's all tax free. So I had come back with a lot of money and none of the direction that I was looking for. And so mm-hmm. it, uh, started to get pretty bad. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. We'll be back with part two in our conversation with Devin tomorrow. We'll see you then.